Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Football Podcast, episode 69. <laughs> I'm a child. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, has introduced himself into the Liga and men's side. And joining me, as always, is my counterpart, Adena Terrazas. Adena, how are you today? I'm great, Amy. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Um, it's reaching that point, end of the year, all these final games. I mean, we're starting NBA again, like, next month. Isn't that, like, really weird? I find, like, all of a sudden, from not having any sports at the beginning of, this, like, of the year, like, first semester, and then all of a sudden, there's, like, everything's back. So, I don't know, it's, it's kind of crazy, and I actually think we're going to have a really intense December. Uh, like, something we're not quite used to. I mean, we're kind of used to, like, just having December and be, like, really bored and not have anything to watch. And I think we're going to have, like, really great, like, end of the year sports-wise. So, yeah, looking forward to that and preparing to get some KFC or just order in or something <laughs> to have a mini Thanksgiving over here. Yeah, same here. We, we just do – I think I said this uh, – I don't know if it, we recorded on Thanksgiving last pod or something. We sh- we might have because we recorded around Thursdays or Fridays uh, every other week. But um, we usually just order like a bunch of takeout. So at some point today, we're going to get into the group chat for the family and say like, what does everybody want to eat? And then we'll just order like from three different restaurants and just eat that for the next two days. So should be fun. Should be fun. Adrian and I were discussing this and we're going to discuss it one more time. Mashed potatoes from KFC are the best mashed potatoes. Like, yes. no question. Hands down, yeah. Hands down. Just and the gravy. Stuff. The gravy also is like a, a huge plus. Yeah. It's pretty good. I don't, I, I don't, it, I, if anybody knows this, please let us know what they do that the, the potatoes to make them so creamy. Because, yeah, every, everyone, <laughs> I, I don't know anybody that doesn't like KFC mashed potatoes. So this is totally going off the rails from what we originally planned. But... Somebody tur- somebody released some information that like vanilla flavor, I could be wrong. I forgot where it was. I found it on Twitter. That vanilla flavoring actually comes from a interesting part of an animal. That's how they get the flavoring. So now I'm just wondering if somebody lets us know how mashed potatoes from KFC get so smooth, we might reconsider eating them. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> actually, you know what? Maybe I wouldn't care. I don't know. Like, What would it take for you to no longer eat mashed potatoes from KFC? What discovery would need to be made for you to be like, I can't eat these anymore? Like they're looking like at them. genetically modified, and those potatoes don't really exist in the natural world, or something, <laughs> <laughs> something like that, something terrible like that. Well, we'll find out if anybody ends up sending that to us. But at the end, uh, we're obviously it's like Adan said, it's Thanksgiving, it's the holidays. We're gonna go and spend time with our uh, small closed off families because we are in a pandemic. So Adriana and I are mindful, but we wanted to get this podcast out because there's so much to talk about. We're gonna try to go through it as fast as we can and give you a really cohesive short podcast. Um, but Adriana, let's kick things off. Ligia for the women's side starts tomorrow, November 27th. And the first thing that comes up for me is what we were joking about in our in our chat was um, the men's side ended, and within like 15 hours, they must have stayed up all night rearranging the schedule. We find out when they're going to play, whereas the women took about six years to get to us. Yeah, I mean, I, it was it was like 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 like. I don't know, going back to, what was it August or July, where we just didn't even know when the league was going to start? And we were like, we know when the men's is going to start. Like, it was like the end of July or the 25th or 26th or something. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, guess what? The women are just going to start later because we don't really, we don't ever, I don't think we ever actually got a good response on that. Why they started off the, like the league like two weeks after 
original what was originally um, going to be the day. So, yeah, I mean, I, I looked back, I went back to the league, and then all of a sudden there was like this really teensy, lensy little article that said, oh, and by the way, we'll release the schedule on Tuesday. I have no idea why it would take them so long to have something to, they, they could have just done like the Friday before that. So, yeah, it just it just goes to show it kind of it's one of those little things that still bothers us uh, as fans that you just don't see the same attention to those kinds of things. I mean, you, it's amazing that not even the players knew when they were going to play quarterfinals. So, yeah, they're going to play Friday and Monday, all four games, because God forbid we would play at the same time as the men on the weekend or something. So, yeah, we're going to have all four games on Friday. Um, first one is actually America Chivas, which will be at 1 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. And then we're going to have Pumas Monterrey at 4.45. And then Querétaro Atlas at 8. And then at 10 Eastern time, Pachuca versus Tigres. So this is my thing about that, because you're right. I think, jokes aside, as much as we hate to admit it, there is a prioritization for the men's side always. And it's just a reality that we have to live with. So that probably played into the fact that they ha didn't have the schedule, right? It's like, let's see what time the men are going to play, what time they need to be accommodated for, and then we're going to go ahead and give the women's side their schedule. Okay, that's fair enough. But you have games on Friday and Monday at 10 a.m. is when the first one starts for the first, like, America Chivas, what you just said, right? 1 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, which means that's 10 a.m. for me. And then on Monday, <laughs> you have Atlas versus Querétaro at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Like, I understand that, you know, we're in a crunch for time and we have stuff that we have to deal with. The pandemic has rearranged everything, you know, the way that it's supposed to. <laughs> but, like, people are going to maybe, okay, Friday, Friday, it starts from 10 a.m., 1.45, going for Pacific Standard Time. 10 a.m., 1.45, 5 p.m., 7 o'clock. This is the day after Thanksgiving. Obviously, everybody's going to be off. It's not conflicting with the men's side, thankfully. So I'm hoping that we get viewership for these games. Monday is I our know, day. It, it's, Mon they, they find the worst way to promote the, like, the league sometimes. I mean, yes. really. It's 10 a.m. on a Monday. It's it's like people. It's not a long day. 8 a.m. So, like, yeah, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, 10, 10 a.m. Central yeah. time for Mexico. So no one is going to be able to see that because also like Atlas's games, they go through TVC. I'm not even sure if yep. they broadcast them online. So mm -hmm. another difficulty. And then you have all the other, like the other three games are, are pretty good. I mean, you have Chivas America at five. It's not the best time because people are like probably getting out of work and stuff like that, but it's not too bad. I mean, I'll, I'll stick with that. And then you have Tigres Pachuca at seven and then you have Monterrey Pumas at nine. So I'm looking at like Atlas and I'm like, Really? This is the best we could do at 10 a.m. on a Monday? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, it, it just goes to show, again, it's, it's these little details that just go to show how much interest and how much effort sometimes the league isn't getting. Yeah, 100%, because that's exactly what you just said. For me, it was like, okay, yeah, I, we're getting some decent times for the later ones, right? 3 p.m., we're used to that for the league. 5 p.m. over here for me, that's good. You know, people are getting out of work. But then you got 7 p.m. But for me, if you're going to look at, like, top games to look forward to for Liga MX Femenil, uh, fans that are already part of the league, or even people that want to get into it, it's like, you have to explain to them, oh, by the way, they play at 8 a.m. Okay, what channel do they play on? Actually, you know what? If they're not playing on a channel. We'll send you a, you know, a sketchy stream. So unless somebody is really invested in wanting to grow the women's side or wants to indulge in it and digest it, 
you know, that that's so many hurdles for the common fan to have to go through to just watch this league. And it's like, I under, I also understand that because of the men's side, you know, there are, you know, TV right limitations that also go, go into play. You know, this isn't like the NWSL who can just have one collective uh, avenue to be able to broadcast the games, right? So that's something that goes into this. But it's for me, it's, that was a that was a big thing. It was the times. It was the Monday after a holiday. So people are going to be going back to work. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they're feeling kind of lazy. You know what I mean? And then it was like, how are we going to actually get them to watch these games? And if there's if it's sketchy streams, like, are they really going to want to deal with the buffering? Are they going to really want to deal with the the angle that sometimes are like, you want to talk about how crazy it's been this season, like here for us in the U.S. Like I've watched a Facebook live stream of someone like recording their TV. <laughs> their TV, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like this is the this is the leaps and, and that we go to to just engage with this. And it went so far. I love that stream. I'll never forget that stream. I I I hold you deep in my heart, you stream. He actually <laughs> taped the logo so that like it wouldn't the stream wouldn't be brought down because of like broadcasting <laughs> rights. Like someone in the chat was like, hey, by the way, I recommend you like cover up the logo, you know, and she went and got tape so that we could watch this game. Like this is what Liga MX Feminine, like real ones do. Um, so, I mean, it's funny and we can laugh at it because we love this league, but it's just like, man, we go through so much to just try to engage. And then you get these times and these and, you know, just like what they're doing when we have like, you know, the men's side in the middle of Thanksgiving on a really good time slot like right and you know in the evening when everybody's relaxed and just ready to digest it and it's like man can you just please just just do this for the women i can only imagine um i'm trying to remember the last time i saw um a stream like that i think it was before like a real madrid barcelona game um and the guy was actually apologizing every time he had to like cut like like, like the stream and like bring it another, <laughs> like url because i don't know like facebook detected it or something um, it's it's just amazing how much work people put into just making sure that they have a really cool stream for everybody else to watch. It's so amazing. yeah, it's it's just one of those like Liga Mickey Feminine stories, I guess. The, the things that happen so that fans can actually watch the games, like just to have them more available, I guess. Real ones will know when when the yeah. league finally gets picked up and we have all the streams available. We'll be like, yeah, well, we used to watch someone's TV. This is <laughs> this is the room. This is the real ones went through but enough about the bad things and then let's get into the good stuff we have some really good matches to look forward to for both for you know friday and monday america chivas like you just said rayadas pumas atlas queretaro tigres pachuca and let's start with the game that we can kind of what i what i've said in my to myself kind of brush off but maybe not because it is ligia and there is madness for me, the easiest one to just kind of say, like, congratulations already is Tigres Pachuca. That's that's the best game? No, I'm saying, like, it's the game to kind of just say, like, eh, okay, Tigres, congratulations on moving to the uh, next round. Um, yeah, well, I think what we most regretted for, like, for the quarterfinals was having Querétaro and Atlas face each other just so quickly. I mean, because I think that was kind of really for them somehow. I mean, we, we, we know how strong... Chivas, Tigres, America, Monterrey are in Pachuca. So we kind of wanted to ha to make sure that at least like two of those other teams that usually make things difficult for, for the other teams, especially Atlas, Querétaro is the first time they qualify. Um, we just want to make sure that they had like a little, just a slighter chance of making it to the semifinals. And now obviously we're going to have to get like, like rid of one. 
Um, Atlas, I think, has the upper hand because of the experience they've had in previous Liguillas, Querétaro being the first time. But, I mean, still, it, I think it could go either way. I think this is where we'll see Carla Rossi's experience definitely just be that much more valuable for Querétaro. But still, I mean, Atlas has a really amazing squad. We had Alison Gonzalez, one goal away from being the leading goal scorer for the league. Um, you've got Adriana Iturbide. I mean, it, it just seems as though Atlas has the squad. And I think Querétaro probably has, I mean, I don't want to say it's the potential, but I think maybe from a mental standpoint, I think they might be a little bit more like focused on what they actually have to do during the games to make sure that they still even make it to semifinals. So, yeah, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. I, Pachuca Tigres. Uh, Pachuca, you know, the thing with Pachuca is we, we know how much the club has actually supported the women's squad. So I yeah. guess that's why we also want them to do well at some point. But, yeah, when you look at Tigres and you're like, dude, I mean, Tigres, like, they only lost one game, and that was it. I mean, we just thought that they were going to come into the Liguilla like unbeaten. So, yeah, it's going to be really difficult to see Pachuca make it through, to be honest. Not to mention, I, I don't know how long the players, the goalkeepers were um, infected. You know, I don't know if their two-week uh, quarantine or whatever it is has lifted, but there's a chance that we also don't see any goalkeepers for this first leg at least, which would make it even more complicated for them going into that second leg. And then we might see we might see Paola Lopez again in goal doing <laughs> that was just crazy, wasn't it? We didn't have a time to talk about that. But yeah, you had I mean, when when we look I, I think we all thought it was a mistake at some point. When we saw the squad for Pachuca, we were like, Why is Paola Lopez as a goalkeeper? What it's probably like a typo or something. It's like I don't know, like somehow edited like the images like for really poorly or just something like that. And then when you looked at it and you were like, Oh my god, all their goalkeepers aren't available. You don't have any goalkeeper. I don't even know who was uh, on the bench as a second goalkeeper at that point. It but was Viri. Viri Yeah. Because she subbed in at the... So for those of you guys who don't know, which I'm sure you do because you listen to this pod and you follow the Liga Mex Femenil, um, Pachuca, unfortunately, was handed... Uh, had to deal with a, a few cases of, uh, of COVID cases uh, coming out positive, which meant on-field players had to take their slots because not only did their goalkeeper get a test positive, their backup goalkeeper tested positive. So for their last two games, um, yeah, what we're talking about right now, on-field players, uh, Paola Lopez and Vidi Salazar, who is an, I, it was a very good offensive player, had to go in goal. Um, so that's what Pachuca is dealing with right now. Like we were mentioning, we don't know if they're, if the goalkeeper's isolation time has already gone, uh, finished up, but that further complicates it for them against, against Tigres so I mean yeah we might see Viri and, and Paola once again and, and I just have to say like kudos to them for actually going for I mean yes. I know we all like when we play soccer yeah you'll be goalie at some point but you never really expect to play a game as a goalkeeper I mean sometimes you'll be like oh that's just for fun I'll be goalkeeper just for a little bit and you, you won't even have gloves you'll be like oh let me your gloves um, but I mean when, you, when someone comes forward and the coach says we don't have goalkeepers who wants to be a goalkeeper um, who has not played for this position and is going to do so right now for a professional women's game? Um, it, it's just so crazy. I mean, I if that would have happened on the men's side, they would have switched the game to some other day. I'm, I'm so sure of that. I, I mean, there, there's no way they would have. I mean, well, first of all, they would have like gone to like one of the U, like the U20 or the U17 goalkeepers, which I think Tigres did during the season. But if they didn't have that possibility for some reason or, or another, I'm pretty sure they would have like just switched the game to another day. And, and it was, I don't know, I, I can't imagine, I don't know, Guignac going like, oh, then no worries, I'll be goalkeeper. <laughs> so 
so yeah, let's just let's just see what happens. I hope they do have um, their entire squad available. It seems tight uh, from like a time point of view, um, but I, I don't know. It'll, it'll still be a really good match. I mean, I don't expect Pachuca to just be a lot more easy, like a lot easier on Tigres just because they don't have a goalkeeper. Yeah. The rest of the squad is pretty good. Um, we just know that Tigres is just powerhouse of Liga Mixed Femini. So yeah, it's going to be really difficult anyway. Yeah. And I agree with you, Adriana. I think Alas Querétaro is um, torture. I don't know why the soccer gods decided that this was going to happen to us so early, so soon. Um, Carla Rossi against Alison Gonzalez, Atlas. It's just, it's unfair. But before we go into a little bit more, how did you feel about that goal scoring race between her and Katy Martinez that literally lasted until like the final minutes? And that was count- so crazy. <laughs> Do we give Katy Martinez that goal? I, I mean, yes, everybody's decided that, yes, she gets the goal, so she wins the goal, the golden boot race for the regular season. But do we technically give that to her, or is that an own goal from, from Chivas on that one? Um, it was, I was remembering my, my Twitter timeline. I, I, it's rare that it turns, like, so crazy in a matter of, like, minutes. Right? Everyone was like, oh, my God, they're going to... Alison Gonzalez might have, oh, okay, well, actually, it's going to be a tie, but still, Alison Gonzalez is going to get it. I mean, it's not that we don't want Katy to get it, but we know how much more difficult it is for any player in Atlas or any player in any other team to actually beat someone probably from Tigres or Monterrey, right, for the leading goal scorer. So we were kind of like all, like, again, secretly rooting for her, and maybe not so secretly. Um, and then that that goal, I mean, I understand why it was for Katy because it did have, like, it was going towards the goal. So I'm guessing that's what was more important for, for, um, for the referee at that point. Um, I think it's actually more of us at, like wishful thinking that it shouldn't have been for Kati. <laughs> so yeah, I agree. I think yeah. that, yeah, I think it was going in where I was like, oh my gosh, she's about to score like the, like the most incredible golazo to get her, like, you know, get her, uh, get the title like what a what a crazy way to end it and then it hit the Chivas player and I was like hey do we still count this I even wrote that like do we count it like is it but I agree with what you're saying I think that the amount of work and I guess that was my segue to come back to Atlas Queretaro the amount of work that Alison Gonzalez has done this season has been incredible just without question I think she has to be I don't want to say the player of the season because that's probably going to end up going to whoever is the champion, but she has to be up there when you think about like players of the season. She's just been a phenomenal player. She she ends she literally ends the regular season with a hat trick against Rayadas. It's just like and you it's watch crazy. those goals. Yeah, you watch those goals. I mean, we couldn't really watch them live because there was no stream. But you have to, you know, you watch the replays of those goals and you're like, "Jesus, this girl is only 18 years old. She has so much time left." Um, where I feel like so very lucky to be able to watch her play. And I, I can only imagine what she's going to do against Querétaro, who's not going to back down, who's been on the upward trajectory this entire season, especially late into the season. So it should be a good matchup between both of them. Um, I do see an Atlas victory, though, going uh, from both legs. What do you think, Adriana? Yeah, I do think, um, again, as a squad, they, they do seem a lot stronger than Querétaro. I don't think Gareta will be an easy rival anyway. I think they're going to be coming pretty strong. But yeah, I mean, I think here is where you, you value actual like league experience for the squad a lot more. So you have those national team players. You have most of the squad, I'm pretty sure, has already um, been in Liguilla before because Atlas has been pretty good at, at keeping their, like, their base like for the past couple of seasons. 
So yeah, I think Monter uh, I, th I think Atlas is gonna win both legs. Yeah. And let's not discredit, or I don't think we're going to. So I don't want to say it that way. But a huge amount of credit to Carlos Rossi for coming in from Cholo Seminil, um, essentially starting a project from scratch over at Queretaro, right? And it's her first season. She goes over there. She says, this is what I'm going to implement. And they were kind of rocky to start off with. You kind of didn't know what was going to happen. But then, like we just said, that upward trajectory, they're now in the league. Yeah. Um, for the first time, they had a record regular season with the most points ever. Um, you know, regardless of where they end up, which we're saying they might, this might be their, you know, their kind of like consolation match of qualifying for the Liga because we're kind of expecting an Alas to advance. Um, so much good stuff to come out. I'm sure she's going to stay there for, uh, you know, another year at least. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing that project develop under Carla Rossi with Querétaro. Yeah, I'm really excited to see. I mean, sadly enough, um, like whenever they have the break for on uh, in December, it's kind of short and it doesn't really allow them to make that many movements. So we'll probably not see that as many as she probably wants for the team in case she does want to have like a lot tons of new players and come in stuff. But again, it's going to be really interesting to see like next season how how it looks for for Querétaro, what players make the cut if they bring in if they do bring in new players. Um, if they get in some preseason activity, I think it's going to change the mentality of the club uh, for the women's squad entirely. Yeah, agreed, 100%. Uh, moving on to the other matches, uh, Reales versus Pumas. For me, I don't <laughs> like. I don't think that Rayadas is bad. I don't like. I don't want to say that. But if we're gonna go into this, I think when it comes to if we're talking about like Queretaro having that upward trajectory, Rayadas is kind of slightly in a like a very minuscule way had a slight downward slope. And I I think, I, I think it's so that, high up there. It it just doesn't seem important. But yeah, I agree. Like it's not the Monterrey we're used to, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like like they're a top team. I'm not saying that. I don't want to say like oh they're a mid team. Of course not. They're they're a top team. But I think when you look at the excitement that goes into these matches and what we're going to talk about um, with America versus Chivas. It's like when it comes to Rayadas Pumas, they've been so not inconsistent because they're at the top. So they've been consistent at being Ligia uh, material. But I can see this slipping out of their hands against Pumas, who hasn't been so great themselves. They also are Ligia material. But I can see Pumas coming out strong and Rayadas not knowing what to do with that. Yeah, again, um, Pumas probably mentally a lot more motivated at this point than, than Rayadas. It, it seems that they had like a stronger end to the season. Um, I mean, squad-wise, you look at them and you're like, there's no way Pumas is going to like just eliminate Rayadas. It just seems so unlikely. But still, I mean, yeah, it's been such a weird season. Rayadas would be one of those teams that in previous yes, they would have tons of people at the stadium um, supporting them. Pumas obviously not getting that support because they don't play at the stadium, which, by the way, uh, the, the, they um, they voted for the club president for, for next year, and they just kept uh, Leopoldo Siva, who was already in that position, and he said that Pumas women's team is now going to play at the stadium. So we're going to have to hold him to it's that. It's about damn time. Let's I know. Do I was like, yeah, people, it just took you like, what? Like, it's been like, like it's going to be like four years since the league started, but okay. We'll take it. Um, <laughs> um, so going back to, to Valladas, um, they're not going to have that support from fans, which I think is also really important for, not only for Valladas, I mean, we've seen it with Tigres, we've seen it sometimes with Chivas. Um, so yeah, I, I do agree. I think Valladas will make it through, but 
Pumas, if they come in as strong as they did end the season, um, it's not going to be easy for them. They're going to have a tough time. They might even be like losing at some point during one or two of the games. I mean, this is also two teams that have come in, technically have come into Liga losing. Pumas lost against Leon 3-2, and then Rayadas got completely damaged by Alison Gonzalez with that 3-1 against them. But agreed, Rayadas had, for me, we haven't really talked about Mexican-Americans that much um, because now they're getting so integrated into the league. But, like, Christina Birkenrode has to be one of those, like, new signings of the season. She came in strong. She was level-headed. You know, Desiree Monsivais is Desiree Monsivais. She is the leader of Real. Mm-hmm. Super good. Uh, and then we have... And then Monica, Monica Flores is, has been such so, so instrumental to the assist. But it just hasn't felt like it's been connecting that the way that we were so excited about at the beginning. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't see Rayadas not not moving forward um but i can also see how pumas could possibly slip this out of their hands yeah i, I guess it'll, it, i think the first game will probably dictate like the rest of the of the bracket i mean just if if pumas get, comes in and has a really strong star and they start like they get the first goal or something i think that could probably be just really decisive for for Rayadas. if Rayadas comes in and they have like, a really strong start and they get one or two goals I think it's game over for Puma. So I'm guessing it's more like a mental thing um, coming into that first game, to be honest. Yeah, no, definitely agreed. And I think for Pumas, it might, if they, which we're assuming that they're going to get eliminated from Rayas, but if they do get eliminated, I think it's also time to switch over to a new project for Pumas as well. I'm not, I'm not saying that they haven't had really great moments, but I think they're, they're due for like a switch as well. Yeah, I mean, again, look, like looking into next season, it just seems as I don't know how how clubs are going to go forward with like looking into next season. I haven't seen many squad changes, and I think they just go with what's been working for the first semester. And then when it comes to um, the end of this of the first semester for next year, that's when we'll see teams actually switch things around and and just look into a, a better project for like a year, like a soccer year. No, I think I think that's when we'll see things uh, change a little bit. No, I mean, like, first of all, I don't want to not see another uh, women uh, coach because that's just all that we need. I just feel like they've also been kind of inconsistent, but they don't have anything to back it up. I, I Yeah, I, I also think what we've talked about before, the investment in the women's side is just all over the place. Obviously, it's not the top priorities in certain things. But depending on how the men do as well, I feel like Pumas collectively might want to see what they can do like the least that they can do. And I don't know, some, something has to change. I feel like Bumas has been really, really good and then not so good. Um, it's just one of those things that we're going to have to see. But um, hope, well, that's for me probably one of the more like, like not negative, but one of the more like eh leveled games. <laughs> I mean, Alas Queretaro is like one of those like leveled games where you're really excited to watch it. Whereas Rayas Bumas, yeah. you're like, this could, this could be kind of eh, um, but we'll definitely see what happens. Moving on, for me, without question, this is the, I know people have had that Clásico debate about whether or not it's a Clásico and whether, you know, what it is in the Liga MX family. But for me, this is probably the biggest game of the quarterfinals for the Liga MX family, Liga, with America versus Chivas. I'm so sorry. The ice cream truck is just passing right in front of my house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean... 
I've heard lots of people talk about what rivalries were inherited, inherited by the women's teams, which ones were kind of created. I know like, like the Tigres America um, rivalry. I, I like the fact that I think they understood that as representatives of a club, they do inherit certain rivalries, but I'm so happy that they have, like they, they actually went forward. I mean, first of all, clubs actually invested in teams that were up to that rivalry. I mean, it's not like we see Tigres struggling against Rayadas. It's just both clubs have invested so well in, in, in players and facilities and having making sure that the teams are up to par at, at all points. Um, so that's why we have that rivalry in the women's squad as well, because they're just that good. So it's not only that they inherited and they're like, yeah, you're Tigres and you, you know you that game against Monterrey. I mean, there's no way we can lose it, right? Um, so I'm, I'm kind of happy that that happens. And when you look at Chivas and America, again, both teams have done really well. I mean, we have Nelly Simone and Chivas, then other teams picked up. I mean, we have Claudia um, Carrion, I believe, at America. And again, I mean, it just goes to show that disregarding whatever category, whatever division, Chivas invested in a team that's able to keep up that rivalry with America. America invested in a team that's able to, to carry on that rivalry against Chivas. And not only that, I mean, obviously they, they want that league title. But I'm really happy that despite the fact that, yeah, and any team, whether it's men, women, youth, or just senior team level, um, they inherit this rivalry, but they have stories on their own now. I mean, we have story of Blanca Felix being carried by her teammates after having an amazing game against America in the Apertura 2017 season, which they eventually ended off winning. So I, I'm really happy that it's gone both ways. Clubs are inheriting that rivalry that comes for representing whatever club, but it's not only just because of that. They actually have like brought their own stories to make that rivalry even 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 bigger and just have that that part that says, yeah, I'm I'm Tigres and I'm and Rayadas, and we don't have to make a reference to Guignac or to Dorlan Pavon to talk about that rivalry. We can talk about Desire and Cathy Martinez. So I, I really like that. I mean, when, when the Clásicos come along, it, we don't have to go to that narrative of talking about what's happened on the men's side because now we do have those stories going on for the women's side as well. Yeah, and I think particularly for the the Regias and the Clásico Nacional Femenil, I, I think that we're getting to a point... I mean, the discussion is good, right? It means people care about the Liga MX Femenil. It means they're paying attention and they're like, hey, no, our team is better. And you're just having those conversations that you would have in any setting, which is good. I think, but I think right now in this particular instance, if we're going to see like, hey, where's the moment where it kind of shifted? And guess what? That institutional um, rivalry that the Clásico Nacional has on the men's side kind of um, integrating itself into women's side. I think it's this moment. I think it's because... Chivas is now going into this match so hyped about being able to get a rematch with America after losing that game that if we do see a Chivas triumph, you know, I think it I think it it, it elevates it that much more yeah. where the discussion doesn't need to have to be doesn't have to be made so dramatically where they're like nobody cares about the Clásico Nacional. I think now if we see Chivas keep doing as well as they're doing and then come back and win against America in this in this game, it should make that much more excitement. And it, in a way, I don't want to discredit the Rejas because they've been so fun to watch. I mean, I remember that I final and I was I was so excited to have it. But you kind of understand commercially why this will be just a tad bit more significant. I mean, we just saw it yesterday with the men's that we're going to get into, right? Like, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen in the second leg, but Chivas coming and, and, and winning that, you know, towards the end of the game, that causes more excitement 
in a certain extent, I don't want to. I don't want the Regios to get mad at me. In a certain extent, then like Tigres Monterrey does, you know, from a certain level. And I think yeah. with the women's side, you might start seeing that as well. Um, but like you said, you know, it's 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 them creating their own stories. It's that Blanca Felix story. It's Jen Munoz scoring against Chivas, you know, in the Azteca. Um, it's all those things. So I think this will yeah. add that other layer to what, however it ends up going. It's Dani Espinosa scoring a brace at the Akron, you know. So whatever this next level of the Ligia brings, um, it should be exciting. And I'm really excited to see these two teams face off again so soon, like right after they face off in the regular <laughs> season. And you know, you know what I regretted um, enormously? Like even before we knew that the games were going to be on Friday and Monday, I was like, wouldn't it be amazing if we could have like a double header, like America Chivas women followed by America seen. Chivas men? Yeah. I, I was like, then, then I actually realized that um, the order of how they're going to play each other is, is different. But I was like, oh my God, that would have been amazing. I mean, just, I, I, it, it would have been, it would have taken the league to such a different level. Just like, oh, guess what? Both teams made it to quarterfinals. Both teams are facing each other. Like their arc rival in quarterfinals. We're just going to have to broadcast like one after the other and just have it be that way and have them both play at the stadium. I don't know. It would have been, I don't know. I, it would have been like international news. Like imagine if you had, I don't know, like Real Madrid and Barcelona face each other on the same day for some particular reason, men and women, and then just have both games be like one after the other. It would have spoken so much about women's soccer. It would have been such an amazing window to have people um, see see the women's game, follow, get to know the league. I, I don't know. It would have been, uh, I, I don't know. I was just thinking about that. I was like, oh, I was so close. I mean, yeah, I, obviously after that, it was like, oh, we're going to play Friday and Monday. I was like, damn you people. But okay, still, it, it would have been amazing on so many play, like so many levels. I can only hope that the league sees that. And in a post-COVID world where people are vaccinated and healthy, they see the benefits of that. You already own both sides, technically. You have both institutions. Why not take kind of advantage of that, right? You don't think people yeah. would would you know you'll get the organic women's side fans, and then you'll mm -hmm. get the men's side who are like, you know what? I'll pay for the ticket for the women's side because I'm gonna go watch the men's right after, and like that would be yeah. a good business. Like that's and that, that used to happen like for the youth squads like a long time ago, well, maybe not that long ago, but okay, like several years ago. Um, whenever you went to a game, for instance, for Pumas, you would have the U20 squad playing just before, like like. Like, let's say Pumas men's side usually plays on Sundays at 12. Um, you would have the youth squad probably playing around 9, so they would finish off at 11. So if you got to the stadium a little bit early, which most people do, um, you would actually see, like, the second half of the youth squad. So, yeah, you'll get to know some of the players, see what they, what, who they are, if, if there's any possibility they'll be in the senior squad soon. So, I don't know. It, it just seemed that something, like, that could happen. I mean, obviously, many people are like, oh, no, they're women. What are they going to do about the locker rooms or something like that? I'm like, dude, that's like the least of the problems. I mean, you, you can just wake, work your way around, it, I'm pretty sure. Um, but, yeah, that would have been amazing. Yeah, so we'll definitely see. But let's get into a little bit of the match itself, Adriana. America versus Chivas. Uh, looks like Licha Cervantes is going to be back. They're putting her on social. They're definitely hiding it up. Um, America with Dani Espinosa, uh, Maciarelli, who had a fantastic uh, end of the season for herself, Blanca Felix, obviously being the incredible player. I mean, what do you see from this matchup? We already decided Tigres, Atlas, Rayadas, the top teams are, are moving on. Who's moving on from this match? What do you expect from both legs at the end of both um, legs? I mean, if they keep up with the way they ended the season, it looks as, a, as though as America is a bit stronger, to be honest. 
if Chivas comes back to that amazing first half of the tournament, they're going to be unbeatable because they played so well, so, so well for the, like the first half of the tournament. So I guess it just depends on that. I'm really happy they're getting some players back. Um, yeah. I, and Chore. Yeah, and Chore. They're getting Chore back who tested positive for COVID. Yeah, that's right. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's so entertaining on so many levels because, I, I mean, I'm really amazed at the season Renata Macherelli has had. Um, I mean, we were kind of used to already seeing um, JD with that starting position as goalkeeper. Um, she was, I don't remember what injury she had, but she was away due to injury. And Renata, wow, she's been amazing under, under the goalpost. I mean, just amazing saves, really, really consistent confident so I don't know I mean whenever JD's back I'm not even sure if she actually is back uh, um, at this point or she's eligible to play but I mean that's a really tough competition now for Leo Cuellar because Renata really has proven that she's worth that that spot in 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 the team um Daniel Spinoza oh my god I'm just so anxious to see her with the national team <laughs> her she, and Alison Gonzalez just yeah make me so top happy. players of, yeah I am I'm, again if we were looking into top players of the season Dani Espinosa is up there. I mean, maybe, maybe not as, I mean, I think she already has the record, uh, the scoring yeah. record for America. Um, I don't even remember how young she is. <laughs> I think she's still U20 or she was U20. I would have to look that up. But again, it's just so exciting because she's so young. And again, she's taken on this leadership position also at America, despite having lots of players that are a lot older than her. Um, but she's also so consistent. She's so lethal when it comes, when she's in the box. Um, she's taking on that responsibility as that like leading goal scorer for America. So it's really, really exciting. And when you look over at Chivas, I mean, obviously you have that tons of experience with Blanca Felix under the goalpost. I mean, if you, it, it just, it's just amazing to see how much, how her journey has changed ever since being third goalkeeper for the team in that first season, winning Liga MX uh, Feminine Championship, and then just staying on that path and being really, really great goalkeeper for the team. Alicia Cervantes, we were all so excited when, when she joined the team because we know how much of a, of a great striker she is as well. Um, I, I was like really like looking forward to have her like face Atlas and I was like, oh, you're going to face Atlas, a team that actually didn't want to pay you more than like a couple hundred bucks. Um, and now you're, you're, you're star player for Chivas. Um, it's it's, it's going to be intense. I have no idea. It could go either way, to be honest. I mean, I do expect lots of goals, despite the fact that you have amazing goalkeepers there, but I think um, both teams have amazing strikers, amazing, amazing offense. So I, I, I really don't know who's going to win that. Like, it's, it's just a coin toss. Uh, yeah, I, I agree 100% with what you said. I think if Chivas comes out and restores whatever it was that they needed um, I know the two, uh, I, Nicole Perez was actually on Cambio de Juego um, for Telemundo Deportes. Uh, it's an online feature, so you can kind of catch it whenever. Um, and she was on there and she was talking about how like they, di they, they didn't like the fact that they went out with two losses, but Chore talked to them um, even through quarantine. I think he called them on the phone and told them, you know, one tournament has ended and another one has started. And they're really, it seems from her, from what she was saying on the, on the program is that like, they're, re they're actually genuinely excited for that rematch. And it kind of reminded me of when they lost against Atlas and Chore was like, you know what? This sucks. I know how much Clásicos mean to us, but we'll have our, our redemption in the league. Yeah. And it's like, it, it feels like hopefully that mentality translates itself onto the field. Like you're saying, both teams are going to come out with some really necessary players. I know Mons has been back for America and you've seen that instant impact that she's provided 
Jen Munoz is finally coming back after her um her like wrist injury um so she's she subbed in for the for a few minutes she's gonna be back for the league yeah Leach has back for for Chivas and you've kind of seen the other options that they've had that's something else that Nicole Perez mentioned you know that while her impact is not is not without like she's not going to deny the fact that she's a huge impact they've tried to see what other goal scoring options that they've had and you've seen that with Nora Balafox um who else scored like- Carol Jaramillo had a goal Carol the other Jaramillo. day as well. Yeah. yeah, so they so they have these goal-scoring options, but it's like you're saying, I think Chivas needs to come out with the right mentality. But America, I mean, Leo Guerrero has said it himself. He wants to be that uncomfortable fifth-place team, you know, that yeah. they, they settled where they were, but now they have they have that momentum, they have that confidence to realize that even with all their injuries, they're still capable of doing something. I'm in the same boat. I think it's a toss-up. I have no idea. I would like for it to be Chivas just to see them keep going and see what else they can do. Um, but it'd be pretty impre- it'd be pretty impressive to see like America with all like being held down with like rubber bands and plastic uh, paper clips, <laughs> like just keep going. So I don't know. This is this is a huge toss up. I'm just excited to watch it. I'm sad it's at ten o'clock in the morning because I am tired. I want to sleep, but I'll still watch <laughs> it. And it should be fun. And that one should be. Um, America's a home team, so I think that's going to be on through the end, right? Yeah, that's on through the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll have the, the away side on um, Telemundo Deportes, I'm sure. So tons of games, tons and tons of games. I'm really excited for this Ligia. I'm excited for, it feels like maybe it's just COVID and like we all have nothing else to do, but it does feel like the excitement for this particular season has been like way higher than like past seasons. Yeah, agreed. Oh, by the way, should I mention? I wanted to mention Pumas and Chivas actually made it through to all the categories, liguillas, which I yes. thought was quite impressive. Yeah, and that's men's, women's. Yeah, like U seventeen, U twenty, senior team, men, senior team, women. Um, I thought that was quite impressive. It speaks like tons about what the clubs are doing with other divisions as well. So I was I was quite happy to see that, particularly not not because I don't want to see it with other teams, but because. Um, these are teams that are usually they have that mentality of creating players and bringing like grassroots programs and stuff like that. So it's always good to see them have that success because it does mean that they're worrying about bringing in new talent and taking care of it. So I thought that was that was pretty interesting. That's what I'm saying about Puma's women's side. I think if they like get knocked out, they might be like, hey, we need to we need to switch some stuff out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, That's all I'm saying. It, yeah, it could be. Yeah, agreed. Maybe possibly. So definitely games to look forward to. Um, just follow the hashtag #LigaMXFEMENG, all that good stuff, because Liga time, guys, is super exciting. It's gonna get bonkers. <laughs> I hope. Now, before we close off, Adriana, I guess we'll give the men some time. Why not? Yeah. Um, we did, neither one of us got any points in the Liga Manus bracket so far. But, but can so. I just say this hasn't been a really weird start to the Liga? <laughs> I mean, can someone honestly tell me they thought Puebla was gonna beat Leon, first place Leon, who has played amazing. They've been like not only are, are they first place, but they play really well. Um so I'm I, like yeah like nobody thought Puebla was gonna was gonna beat them. They re- they got a really early goal as well. And that again that's just like a, it changes it things like mentally less, enormously. It was like less than a minute in and they scored, right? Like yeah. it was like 40 seconds. <laughs> you know, and I, I met yeah, at us. I met at us for not thinking that the madness that was from that Monterrey win wasn't going to brush off a little bit against Leon on this side. Like, I'm like, yes, I agree with you. None of us expected this to happen. But I'm also like, but should we have kind <laughs> of expected it to happen? Because they did just beat Monterrey in like the most insane way possible. 
Yeah, just like expect the unexpected because again, Liga MX has I don't know we're kind of used to it <laughs> when it comes to Liga MX. Um, yeah, I I mean again I don't really think Puebla, despite having that two to one advantage, I don't think they they'll make it through because again I think Leon is just going to come back even more like even stronger than than they actually played yesterday. Um, they're going to regroup, just make sure they're okay. I I don't know. Um, again, and, and it also brings into the conversation how important it is for some of the teams to actually keep up and have some activity despite not playing uh, the repechaje round, which was something new. I mean, Leon did play. I think they had like three friendlies or so, but still, I mean, we saw yesterday's game and it was like, oh, something might have gone wrong with that. Um, and Puebla, on the other hand, they actually did have to play the repechaje and they're coming in just I don't know, even stronger. So I don't know. It, it comes to how prepared some of the teams are. Um, I, I was looking at it for, uh, for the Liga de Expansión, which is like the second division. And the first place team wins a spot for semifinals. And I was like, I don't even know if that's a good idea. I mean, obviously, yeah, you're one step closer to the final. You're, you're that step closer to the final. But you're not going to play like for a couple of weeks. I mean, at this point, I don't even know if that's counterproductive for some of the teams because you do lose that, that rhythm, that competitive like strength. I, I mean, I don't know. It just, it seems as though, again, it's, it, it's like a, like, yeah, I don't know. It's like a risk at some point. So again, it's looking into, I don't know what we're going to see today with, with Tigres and Cruz Azul, for instance, but just see if having that, that extra game is a benefit, if, it's, if it actually affects the teams because, yeah, maybe they're tired. Maybe they didn't get some players back due to injuries. I don't know. But I guess this is one of those things that when, when they decided that we're going to have that extra, that extra game for repechaje, they were like, oh, we're going to have all these stories. And, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get teams that qualify directly to the quarterfinals. Yeah, they'll have a break. Um, and the other teams will come in. And if they're really that good of a team at the end of the season, well, they'll, they'll just make it through despite having much more activity. So I don't know. It, it's I, I have no idea what to expect for today's games either, to be honest. Yeah, and I think that was something that um, our good friend Tom Marshall actually pointed out um, yesterday that you bringing it up made me think about again is like, so we had Leon America both lose. America had a really sloppy, like, last kind of, like, 15, 20 minutes that led to that Chico de Calderon golazo. I will not deny the fact that that was a golazo. Yeah, that was a golazo, yeah. I'm just kind of upset that we all just like America just decided that they were just gonna watch him, just figure out what he was gonna do. <laughs> he he was even trying to figure out what he was gonna Let's do. See how this turns out. <laughs> by the way, quote of the century from Chicota Calderon uh, after the match when they asked him like, "What? How did you score the goal?" I can't say it perfectly in Spanish, but if you haven't seen that video, I recommend you go watch it. Um, but it is a huge talking point, right? It's it's like a, at least like three weeks of break for all the top four teams, and I mean, mm -hmm. if we do. Anything, another two matches where the lower end teams that had to deal with the repechaje come out victorious, I think we might have our answer. Yeah, agreed. I, I think it's going to, I don't know, because many of us were thinking, okay, we understand why this is doing this. Yeah, COVID impacted last season. We didn't finish that, that season. TV rights, stuff like that. Okay, we get it. But if, if soon, hopefully, we go back to, to, to what, whatever was normal before, should we keep it? I mean, is it something? I mean, obviously, I know I know for for TV rights, it's a lot more interesting. You have that many more games, but from a sports standpoint, do we want that? Do we want to give that shot to all those extra teams that didn't have a really great season, but that actually, again, they could surprise one of those top teams and make it through? So, I, I don't know. I mean, we love that. We love it as a story. I mean, like we were all we we. I don't think anybody expected Puebla to eliminate Monterrey. Just looking at the squads. 
But it, yeah, it's like a talking point. It's just something that brings that much more intensity to the league. It's unexpected. So I don't know. I mean, we you'd have to look and at, at it like after a couple of seasons, I guess, and see if it, it really is a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I from an MLS standpoint, um, they have single elimination, right? Playoffs, and mm-hmm. it's hilariously entertaining. Like we all saw what happened with Orlando. That was just insane. Um, I and in the same sense, I didn't hate that it sounds like it was kind of cool. And then even more so because they didn't even have extra time; they just went straight to PKs. So that yeah. was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I think that I think it becomes a talking point if you know your top teams are like, "What are we gonna do for all that time we have?" And then we come back and are you know not doing so great. Um, by the way, kind of side note, Adriana, did you see that Puebla had a had a fan? that tweeted out like can you let me come and broom the stadium or sweep the stadium i saw something about that i didn't actually see the tweet but i thought someone mentioned it he said yeah, yeah there was this i don't know his name credit to melissa from the chivas uh english feminine account for letting me know yeah apparently there was by the way club puebla best community manager right now for the league of mx oh they're awesome they, they're just, just amazing on so many places like yeah they, they, they know what they're doing yeah, <laughs> they're they totally stuff. know what they're doing so I guess one of their fans was like hey can I come and sweep the stadium as like a way to get into the game and they told him like he had to get like 5,000 likes or like amount of retweets <laughs> and he did it so he was actually at the game yesterday and then they go and win against Leon 2-1 I'm like oh what a nice little moment the Puebla community is having right now <laughs> And it's and so in that sense, you know, if we're gonna have these, like you're saying, from a narrative standpoint, it's hilarious and it's super entertaining. But yeah, you have to. I think it goes into question like what the top teams are gonna do with all that time. And I mean, that could also just be more of a responsibility for the top teams. Like, hey, if we make it to the top four, like we have to stay in in gear. We have to enjoy the rest, obviously, because we don't have to deal with being eliminated. But now we have to, you know, kick it into overdrive. Yeah, I agree. I mean, again, I think one of the examples is the Liga de Expansión because they're just, first of all, they have, <laughs> I think it's 16 teams and 12 make it to the Liguilla somehow. Um, and then the first place makes it through first, like directly to semifinals and second place makes it directly to quarterfinals. And then everybody else has to play some extra games. So I don't know. I'm, I'm eager to see how this works out. They've had it before. Um, I actually don't think it's turned out really well for those teams that are in first place. So I don't know. I, let's let's just give it like another season and see what we see. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then before we end the podcast, who's moving on from the men's side in the second legs? I know technically we uh-huh. haven't since recording this on Thursday. We still have two more first leg, but who's moving on from the, from the second legs? Uh, and we're not competing with each other, so you can tell me because I won't ruin it for you in our okay. I, I think Tigres is going to make it through against Cruz Azul. Um, and I think for the Pachuca Pumas game, I think Pumas on the men's side is pretty strong. Mm-hmm. And then Chivas America, oh my God, it could go either way. Uh, that's a really difficult one. I really don't know, to be honest. I mean, I obviously want Chivas to make it through. I'm a Chivas fan. I'll, 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 I'll tell you this. For, for another Quiniela I was doing, or actually, no, for the Quiniela we did as well, I put America winning on both of them. So I really didn't expect Chivas to win yesterday, to be honest. Um, I do expect Leon to make it back, and they'll make it through. Um, yeah, so I think it'll be Leon until yesterday, before the game. I thought America, uh, Tigres, and Pumas. Okay. On the men's side, yeah. 
The only difference I is I think Rasul is going to move on, but because really? I just that would be amazing. I mean, I, I really. <laughs> I don't root for either team. I'm, I, again, I've, I've said this many times. I'm eager to, for the first time in my professional life, be able to write Liga MX <laughs> current champion Cruz Azul, which I've never done. Oh, um, I don't think they're winning the Liga. I, yeah. I, I just think they're moving on. I guess Tigres, I don't know. Tigres, Tigres has this thing for Liguillas. They're just like the Liguilla team. Um, so, yeah. And, and, and Guignac is like Mr. Liguilla. So. Oh, yeah. Seems difficult. It would be really entertaining to see them, I don't know, like come like second second leg and be tied at some point, something like that. That would be really cool. But um, but no, I think Tigres is just they're just like they're like another team when it comes to Liguillas. I really love how they slacked off. Like and we're all just like, Yeah, you yeah. know, we're tired of Tigres, and then they're like, You thought, and then just switch it on. Also, one of my favorite things is angry Tuca in a mask. That's like my new favorite thing. <laughs> Like, he still seems so angry under that mask. It just makes everything hilarious. He's, he, the, the, I love him because he gets angrier even if they score. That's what I'm saying. Like, they, they have, like, a golazo, like, a super fantastic goal. Then the camera pans over to, to Tuca, and it's just, like, angry eyes, just, like, bulging yeah. with hate. Something and then I, wasn't right about that amazing goal that took us to the Liguilla. <laughs> it was amazing. Hilarious. Yeah. It, I... I, I his press conferences when he was over here for, with Pumas, they were just so entertaining at some point. I would, I remember asking him, it was 2008, this is a long time ago. Um, and all the Olympics activities were like, they were like mid-morning or like 12 in the morning. Or they, they were like really, really late. So Mexico won uh, a, gold, a gold medal for Taekwondo. And the following day, well, like hours later, Pumas had press conference, and I asked him about it, and I was like, oh, is it, what do you think about the gold medal for Mexico? And he was like, felicidades. And I was like, oh, by the way, we, this is the second gold medal. We got it. Doblemente felicidades. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really, really fun. It was, um, it was Memo Perez getting that, that um, gold medal for Taekwondo, and Maria Espinosa had gotten a, a gold medal as well. I don't remember what order it was, was in, but it was someone got the second one. And was, it was just so funny how he said it. And I was like, yeah, I like this guy. <laughs> My biggest regret is when he was interim coach for Mexico. And so he was, he was, I was at a press conference that he was at, and everybody was like, you know, he lets the women like get the first Ask question, first. Yeah, right? And I didn't ask a question. I'm like, I could have asked Tuka anything. He would have given me the first attempt. I think it was like one of two women in there. And I didn't do it. So don't worry. One day Tuka's going to be here in LA and I get to live out this, like my version of like fan fiction that I have on Twitter. If you haven't seen the thread, go through it. I'm going to plan yeah. that out. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really sad to know that he's going to retire sometime soon. I think his contract ends in 2022. It's, 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 a, it's weird like, because I think it's like a semester long thing and they just negotiate and it keeps on going. Mm-hmm. Um, but like whenever someone does like an E60 story or 30 for 30 on Duca, it would be <sighs> so entertaining. He's had so many amazing players. I mean, obviously yeah. as a player, he was already like such a big deal, but just looking at him as a coach, I mean, he's never been fired. He, he stayed at teams longer than anybody has ever stayed at any team. I think, um, he coached the Mexican national team. He had all these amazing players. I mean, it, it's just so interesting. It, it's it, it's like amazing biography material. Also, he's been he's been to the women's practices too. So Duca, we appreciate we, you. We but, like him. Yeah. Yeah. This has been another edition of the Duca uh, <laughs> Appreciation, Appreciation Club. Club. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, but Adriana, thank you so much, as always, for indulging me and taking time out of your Thanksgiving to to talk to me. Is there any last words before we close out the pod? No, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Um, hope you have a great time with your family and friends. Stay safe. I know we all want to be with many family and friends, um, particularly during the holidays, but let's just keep it up and hopefully um, we'll be out of this soon and we'll have family and friends every day um, back soon. So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And in the words of my good friend Cesar Hernandez, there's nothing more American than watching Liga MX playoffs during this holiday season. So enjoy it. Keep up with the content. Liga Madness is just starting. We have plenty more to, to come up and be sure to follow the hashtag Liga MX FEMENG and Liga MX ENG because at the end of the day, it is our football. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. We'll see you next week. Bye.